Jesus.
Our way, but his way. Not our style, but his style. Not the way we desire, but the way he desires. There are protocols you follow if you want to contact the most out of the creator of the entire universe. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Tell him again. We do not worship spend time because it's a style or it's a formula. No. God has established in his word how mankind can extract the most out of him. By setting systems, what I call protocols, that if we engage those systems with all of our heart, you can easily bring heaven into your atmosphere. Because there is an atmosphere 
that God inhabits. That is all he looks for in a heart, in a fellowship, in a church, in any meeting. To create that atmosphere that is able to host him. This is not a swag. No. This is his way. This is not buying time. This is his way. And this shouldn't be only in church. But this should be something that you carry out in your heart 24-7. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Somebody sang it. It's not just singing. It is the disposition of your heart in the presence of the Master. It's my prayer the Holy Spirit will help you. That's why the Bible says He inhabits the praises, the worship of His people. That's why the scripture says you enter in there with thanksgiving. There are protocols you follow if you want to get the most out of the Trinity. It's not a formula. It's his way. It is his way. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me that I may make this a lifestyle 24-7 where my heart is constantly worshipping celebrating thanking you honoring you it's not what you find here it's what you bring with you You may be seated. I bring more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. God mandated us as a church to bring two or three or four things. They could be there, but they sound the things we have to. Have it practically manifested in your life, in our lives. A people who know how to waste themselves in the presence of God. Somebody say waste themselves. Use that word, waste themselves. That means you pour yourself into God without a care. You don't care who is on the left, right, back, forward. You are so obsessed with God. He is the only audience you are mindful of. 
And you pour into him your everything. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Waste yourself in worship. That is how you be able to enter into that presence. This is what the Bible says. Then they entered into the cloud. As Jesus was transfigured and a voice came. And the scripture says they entered into the cloud. Say Holy Spirit. I want to enter into the cloud. How do you enter the cloud? When God is your only consciousness. You come to worship God. All that you are conscious of is Him. Sister, brother, that is how you download heaven into your environment. The Bible says, when the priest and the singers were as one, and they raised their worship God. Something happened. The glory of the Lord filled the temple. There's a glory that will fill your life when you understand and practice heartfully the worship of the Trinity. There is a glory. Listen, church. Say, Holy Spirit, help me understand. The temple was built so beautiful, so magnificent, so glorious. When you looked at that temple, you wouldn't want to go. That temple was the pride of the nation of Israel. Are you hearing me, church? Are you hearing me? And the priest carried the covenant box or the ark of the covenant. And took it right in there. Everything was in place. Somebody say everything was in place. Are you hearing me church? Read the story of that temple. Everything was in place. Except what? Nathan. Just as well. Except the glory. You didn't hear what I said? What was there? The covenant box was there. All your bodies. The showbread was in place. The candle was in every article that needed to be in that temple was in there. But the Bible tells us when they begin to worship God. What came down? The glory of the Lord came down and filled the temple. That means everything can look so intact and in their right places. Yet what is absent? The presence of God. What makes the temple? The temple is not the articles. What makes the temple 
the temple is the presence and the glory of God in that place. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to live a life that I am always conscious of what? Of His presence. And when the presence filled the temple, the Bible says the priest could no longer minister. I pray for each one of you and I cry to God to help you. Have a passion for the presence of God. Are you hearing me, church? Say, Holy Spirit. Do you remember the day you gave your life to Jesus? When you say, Lord, I give my heart to you. Was there an earthquake? I'm asked, was there an earthquake? Was there trembling? You know what happened? The Holy Spirit came and took residence in your spirit. Something that is so miraculous that even you were not aware of. And change began by that simple confession. The presence of God in the person of the Holy Spirit came and entered your spirit. And from there, it is that presence that has been translating your life from then to this day. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. That is just one experience I can give you about the power that the presence of God can accomplish in one's life. Somebody say there are degrees. And the more we are aware and give room to these manifestations in our lives, the more we shall be heavenly on the earth. Did you hear what I just said? The more you shall be what? Heavenly on the earth. Hear the prayers of Jesus. Our Father, who are in heaven, hallowed be your name. What happened? Kingdom come. Mm -hmm. Your will be done on the earth. Your will be done on the earth. What is Jesus saying? Inviting heaven into the earth. Let what takes place in heaven come and find manifestation on the earth. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. I'm a unit of heaven that is perfection. Heaven, there are no tears, no pain, no sickness, no disease. So when we give ourselves to heartfelt worship of following the protocols of God, the atmosphere that invades the earth or invades the place or invades your life will wipe away anything that is not consistent with the heaven lifestyle. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. That's why in the place of true worship, you don't need to lay hands on nobody. Because when the presence comes, heaven comes down. Since there is no sickness in heaven, sickness must leave the body. Because you have brought heaven right in the place. Since there is no poverty where? 
in heaven. That means when the presence of God comes, in that presence comes all kinds of ideas, thoughts, wisdom that God will put into the spirit that will take your life to a level it's never been there before. The presence of God is loaded with all the solution mankind needs. Tell your neighbor, say the presence of God carries every solution that you need in this life. Am I making sense to you? What carries it? The presence of God. I want to encourage you when you walk into this place. Time pray, time to worship. Please, shut down your neighbor. Focus on who? On God. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Let's say, another thing the Lord put upon our heart is the ministry of the word and prayer. I won't go much in that. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. The Father is looking for who? For worshippers. Say, neighbor, I know you're a businessman. I know you're a doctor. I know you're a teacher. I know you're an apostle. I know you're a prophet. You're an evangelist. Say, I know you're everything. But before you become all those things, become a worshipper. Because the power to excel in all those areas comes from the place called the presence of God. A doctor who carries the presence of God is not the same as a doctor who carries the presence of Makere University. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Are you hearing me, church? Are you hearing me? What makes any gathering, listen to me today, wherever they invite you, anywhere they invite you, what makes any gathering, not a social gathering, is the presence of God. Any gathering that is not in the name of Jesus is a happiness gathering. Even if it is for believers. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? That means a church you go to, a fellowship you go to, a meeting you go to, and Jesus is not anywhere there. Is what? Say so it is an investment club. No, brothers and sisters, we are here because the only distinguishing mark upon us is not a degree. It's not a diploma. It's not money in the bank. It is what? Say the presence of God. Shout it out. Shout it out. Say, neighbor, what you are putting on right there, another person has it. This is what Moses said in Exodus 33. How shall the nations know that we are a special people? Unless your presence goes with us. Say neighbor. It is not that English you speak that makes you different. Say queen mother speaks better English than you. 
Read. One, two, three. How then will it be known that you are people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? Next sentence. So shall we be separate, you are people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. What distinguishes you is not Brazilian hair. Tell your neighbor that one. Are you hearing me, church? Are they hearing me? If we are going to make any investment, Mr. Nsubuga, that separates us from the world, it's going to be what? The presence of God. And let me tell you, you don't understand, but the presence of God carries with it everything you need to be different. You think you know what you need. You don't know what you need. You don't know what you need. That's why go for the wholesale. Go for the wholesale. Say, neighbor, I know you're a petty trader. The wholesale is who? The presence of God. <laughs> Say the presence of God. So the presence of God. So for me, when I go, I go. Because I know. Say, neighbor, you cannot help me. Say, neighbor, you cannot help me. You are as badly over as me. So I need God in my life. So I need the presence. You know, that is the approach you use when you come in the presence of God. Some of you, you, you spend the whole night fighting your grandmother in a dream. And you are here looking so composed. Listen, church, come on. Wake up. Say, neighbor, wake up. You need something from above. Stop pretending. You are dying of death here. Are you hearing me? Tomorrow, police is going to come to your house. What, what are you going to do? And you're here trying to look like you have heaven on you. No, no, no. Come on, shake off that nonsense. Are you hearing me? Throw yourself in the presence of God. This is not a place for pretense. Are you hearing me? I say, are you hearing me? Say, neighbor, are you a visitor here? You'll be transformed before you leave. Say, neighbor, here we are addicted to what? The presence of God. The presence of God. Please don't let me change my message. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? You, you left your home. You left your beautiful. You left home. You left home. You left home to come here. You left home to come here. Say, I came to meet God. I didn't come to meet a pastor. Say, I came to meet God. Are you hearing me? That is the mindset you must have. So we have come as a congregation to do what? To meet. So when we set out to meet God, say, neighbor, bye, 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 I'm gone. Are you hearing me? And you dip yourself in there. Then you can give them a lift back home. Are you hearing me? After finding God. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. This is the approach you must have. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. As it is in heaven. Let it be done on the earth. I have read books of testimonies of people who have gone to heaven. There is no one who ever went to heaven and wanted to come back. Nobody. We say, ah, don't. 
Jesus had to force those ones who came back. So you must, you have a work to do. He had to force them. Because heaven is heaven. Say, neighbor, heaven is heaven. So if Jesus say, as it is in heaven, let it be done on earth, brothers and sisters. There's something that must come down on your life. Say, something must come down on my life. Say, where you become a carrier of what? Heaven. You're a carrier of heaven. You step in a place, Mr. Nsubuga, and tears disappear. Say, he has brought heaven here. He has brought heaven here. Ask your neighbor, are you part of the problem or are you a problem yourself? Say the presence of God. Say the presence of God. That is what man lost. That's what Jesus came to restore. Please, I have my message here. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, church. Cain built a city. Cain. Cain, the wicked one, build a city. Do you understand where I'm going now? He built what? It has nothing to do with the car you drive. The Japanese worship Buddha. Are you hearing me? The car you drive came from where? From Japan. Very few of us drive Germany. I'm joking. Hallelujah. Say amen. Say amen. <laughs> Listen, church. Listen, church. Let me go into my message. Let's take it on from there. Right now. The Bible says, let's look at Abraham. Say, let's look at Abraham. Give me Isaiah 51. The Bible says, you who seek after righteousness, look to who? Look to Abraham. You who seek after God, look to Abraham. Who is Abraham? Let's read together. Listen to me. You will follow after righteousness. You will seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you are in. And to the hole of the pit from which you are dug. So where were you dug from? Where were you cut from? Someone say Abraham. So let's look at Abraham. Briefly. Let's see Abraham. Abraham's obsession with spirituality. Now, if you have not listened to any message, please buy the message or send, get the message I preach in the first service. You will need it if you are going to manifest God before you go to heaven. You need that message. It is for free. Praise the Lord. Oh. The Bible says, give me Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 8. Hebrews. You call it Hebrews, I call it Hebrews. So that don't get confused. Let's go there. That Hebrews is blank. Can we have the real Hebrews? All right. From today, I'll commit myself to using my Bible. Hallelujah. Because this one is unreliable. The Bible says, don't trust in man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, let's try it again. By faith, obeyed. When he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Let's read in KJV. Let's read again. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place, which he should after receive for an inheritance, 
obeyed. And he went out, not knowing where he went. Continue. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. Ah. Somebody say life is spiritual. Now, let's go back slowly and read that scripture. Here it says in verse number 8. He was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing. Let's go back nine. Look at what he did, church. Look at what Abraham did when he got to the land of what? The land of promise. Let's read one. Now he's in the land of promise. The land he has been called to inherit. Let's do some Bible study here. Are you hearing me? Let's read one, two, three. What does he say? Mm-hmm. Okay, come on, can change that name, Sajon. People think it's a Sajon. Now let's look at something else. Put better English there. They may think it's a Sajon. There's not a Sajon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give, give me another version there. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. By faith. Give me NLT. You know why I'm giving orders? Because there's something I wanted to see. I'm forcing you to enter the spirit of revelation. Say, Lord, give me eyes to see. How can you go in the land God has said? This is the land of what? Or promise. And you are dwelling there. Like a what? Like a foreigner. And secondly, you have refused to build a permanent house. You are dwelling in what? In a tent. That means this is not the real land Abraham is looking for. Say life is spiritual. Say life is spiritual. So what is Abraham looking for? Now the Bible tells us something very powerful. That Abraham was moving up and down from one corner of the land to the other. Looking for a city. Whose? Let's read it. One, two, three. A city design. <laughs> so Abraham's interest was not that land there. Abraham was looking for a spiritual city. Not a physical. Oh, people don't want to believe me. Let's do something here. Do you remember a man called Melchizedek? Somebody say Melchizedek. That's a good name to give your son. Say Melchizedek. For those who are pregnant. Are you hearing me? I've just given you a name. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's what the Bible says. It's what the Bible says. When Abraham returned 
from rescuing his nephew, Lot. He was met by who? Who is Melchizedek? He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of Salem or the king of Jerusalem. Lord, help these people. At that time, there was no Jerusalem. How come he met the king of Jerusalem when Jerusalem was not there? It was not physical Jerusalem. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. He met the king of righteousness. So, what, uh, Mr. Musubuga, I'm on your case today. Hallelujah. A king must have a kingdom. I say a king must have a kingdom. I say a king must have a kingdom. He's the king of what? Salem. He's the king of what? Righteousness. Who is the king of righteousness? Who is the king? Now listen. So whom did Abraham meet? He met Jesus. Abraham's encounter with Jesus is what changed his idea of an inheritance. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. That's why when he entered the promised land, he began to look, where is the king? Because I met the king of Salem. I met the king of righteousness. So he began to look for where this kingdom is. Because he has met the king of that kingdom. Am I speaking to somebody here? So Abraham began moving from place to place. Looking for what? For a city whose designer and builder is God. So Abraham is not as carnal as they told you. Say Abraham is a very spiritual man. Say Abraham is a very spiritual man. Abraham had no interest whatsoever in the physical land. Doctor, what was he looking for? Pastor, now what is this going to help us? For us, we have issues. No, these things of yours. <laughs> Just hold on. I'm coming. I'm coming. Say, Holy Spirit, this thing is spiritual. Say, this thing is spiritual. Say, this thing is spiritual. The reason why it has insisted for so long around your life, because you have been treating it as physical. The Bible says, look to Abraham. Abraham was not a carnal man. Abraham approached me, dealt with me at what level? At a spiritual level. Uh, do you remember when uh, Lazarus died? Where was he found? In the bosom of Abraham. <laughs> there are people whose bosom keep people. They have walked with God so much. They are so close to God that they carry nations. Uh, you don't understand me. The Holy Spirit help me. The Lord appeared to Isaac. I just pray the Lord will bless these brothers of mine. They'll run with me with their Bible studies. Listen. When the Lord appeared to Isaac in chapter 26. Somebody chapter 26. What did God tell Isaac? He said, Isaac, 
I'm going to bless you for the sake of your father, Abraham. This has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with Abraham. So please, no need to be proud. Because whatever you see going to happen in your life, you are not a contributor. It's your daddy. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Jesus. I haven't begun my summer. Today you're going to eat lunch here. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to have my lunch from here. The angels are there. You can't get out. Try. Praise the Lord. Lord, help me. I help your sons and daughters. Somebody say, Abraham is very spiritual. What did Isaac do to the wells that he dug? What did he call them? What names did he give them? Read the whole story. He gave the wells the name the father had given them. Read your Bible. He gave the wells the exact name the Father had given them. When Abraham was, when, when Isaac was digging wells, Bishop, listen to me. He didn't look for a new spot. He looked for the spot where the Father had dug the well. And he went and dug on that very same spot. It is on those very same spots where he found water. Do you know why we struggle in life? We are trying to dig fresh places where our fathers didn't dig. Because we think we know better than our fathers. But our fathers, they had a level of accuracy that they knew where water. Remember, this is a desert. Say, my, this calls for revelation. Say, neighbor, this calls for revelation. So could it be the struggles you are in right now is the result of you. You are digging where you should not be digging. You are trying to establish your own importance. You don't want to identify yourself with your father. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Please help me. Am I communicating to somebody here? That's why the most important prayers you're going to pray is, Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open my ears. Let me say this again. Say, life is spiritual. Say, life is spiritual. Say, life is spiritual. So, give me 17 minutes. Let me talk to you briefly. I can't exhaust it all. Somebody say, divine wisdom. Say, divine wisdom. Because this is how these men operated. Let me bring to your attention that the highest wisdom God has ever given mankind is this word. So it is the Bible. So before you start looking for visions and dreams, make sure you are walking in accordance with this one here. Say, neighbor, I know you want to get a dream. That's why you go to bed very early. 
Start with this one here. Are you hearing me? If you are contravening this truth here, you don't qualify for the wisdom of God that you think you are looking for. Simple wisdom. Wisdom number one. Pray. The Bible says do what? Pray. That is God's wisdom on how you live in this kingdom. I don't want to pray. You are short-circuiting your life. What's another piece of wisdom? Say fast. Say never fast. Say never. You look so healthy. You need to fast. Hallelujah. So fasting is God's wisdom. What else? Giving. The Bible says what? Give. It is what? That's the wisdom of God. How to operate in this kingdom. Before you go very far, Jesus through Apostle Paul said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. But you know that 90% of you here, you're on the receiving end of life. You quote that scripture, but you prefer receiving than giving. Am I lying to you? I know, am I lying to you? I'm not. Yet the Bible says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now what kind of English do you understand? I'll be saying in Luganda. Say, it is more blessed to give than to do what? Is that in, do you understand that English? It is more blessed to give. Now, if you are put in a line of receivers and givers, which one would you take? I say, which one would you take? Why? So why must they fight with you to give? No, there's a problem we have. Say, neighbor, please help me. Say, Holy Spirit, help me understand this truth. It's all right in the church that we quote lots of scriptures, but we don't understand them. So if I were you, I measure my life in what? In giving. That means I will live a more blessed life than the person who lives where? I'm the receiving end. This is not Pastor Ben. This is the word of God. Paul says in the book of Acts, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So change your mindset from today, from a receiver to a what? To a giver. The Bible does not tell us what to give because there are many things to give. You have something you can give. Say, I have something I can give. Say, I have something I can give. Now, this is how you trigger heaven to begin to come and work for you. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Say, Holy Spirit, please help me. So giving is whose wisdom? It is God's wisdom. Somebody say tithing. Say never why has your face changed? Say tithing. Say tithing. Say tithing. Who came out and say that is God's wisdom? Say that's God's wisdom. Now do you realize some of you people have convinced that the workplace these people are stealing your money? The pastors. Say the pastors, you how do you give your pastor ten percent? Invest it. And they've convinced you. But God said, you do what? Why he said, I don't know. But he said, tithe. So my work is to obey. God has said it. Praise the Lord. I give you another wisdom. I'm, I'm just trying to show you the wisdom before we go into that deep stuff you want. Somebody say wisdom. Let's look at what you call shallow. Praise the Lord. Because you disobeyed all the shallows. Praise the Lord. So you don't qualify for the deep. Say never you don't qualify for the deep. Are you hearing me? The Bible says, what has light got to do with what? With darkness. So I say, say, neighbor, why are you dating that girlfriend who is not a born again? Tell him, tell him, tell him, say, it's you. That sister, 
Ha I'm telling you that someone is about to come to an end. Hiya. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Are you hearing me? What does the wisdom of God say? Light has nothing to do with darkness. He say, Pastor, I'll go to the prayer mountain. Now the Bible doesn't tell us to go to the prayer mountain. So even if I don't understand, you know, we want to you know, Pastor, you know what? In Greek, light means, this light means, you, you go into Greek and Hebrew to avoid what God is saying. Brother, say neighbor, light is light. Darkness is darkness. If you need to go to Hebrews or Hebrews, I'm telling the truth. So, every instruction God has designed is for your good. When God says don't steal, He's saving you from Luzira. Say, anybody saving you from Luzira? When He says do not be jealous, He's saving you from sleepless night. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Now, the God instruction is designed to help you. This is the wisdom of God. This wisdom, you don't need to dig deep there right here. So I'll check my heart. If I'm bitter, I've, then I need help. So today, if you have that brother or that sister who is not one, born again and is dating, say the wisdom of God has said. Tell them, not me, say the wisdom of God. Amen. Say what? The wisdom of God has said, ah, we go. Are you hearing me? I'd rather fear God than do what? Than fear your uncle. Are you hearing me? So, bye-bye. Pastor, is it painful? Yes. It is, it's, it's painful. It is painful. Sometimes you obey God while crying. I say, sometimes you'll obey God while crying. Woo-wee! But you're obeying, following God. The Lord told Abraham, let Hagar go. Let Hagar go. Abraham refused. He said, let, the Bible says, Abraham. His heart was heavy, but he obeyed. He obeyed. He obeyed. Say, neighbor, God's wisdom is designed for your good. It's for your good. It's for your good. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. So this is the written wisdom. Please follow this instruction. Don't be too advanced for the Bible. You say, Pastor, me, I only major in visions and dreams. I'm telling the truth. You will be in deep trouble. Being a pastor, you hear so many things. We'll never forget this lady from McKinney. McKinney. Jesus, have mercy. They say that God gave us showed eye vision three times. That she's supposed to get married to another man and leave her children. And the husband she had there and then said, Pastor, me, I'm very convinced God spoke to me. That wisdom there. <laughs> say, Neither, that one is from underground. <laughs> it's from underground. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. So having said that, just an introduction to you. Our wisdom is not some letter or some statement written down. The Bible says, Jesus has become our wisdom. So our wisdom is a person. 
Now, follow me because this is very important where I'm going. Now that your wisdom is a person, when that person begins to speak to you, because not everything that you need is in the Bible. Uh, does the Bible tell you whom to marry? You say, show me where it is written. Your wife's name is called uh, Nabanja. It's written, that says the Lord. Is it there? It's not there. So, that the wisdom of God, God say, I put this wisdom in who? In a person. Because there are some specific instruction for your life that is not recorded in the Bible. So, the person who is your wisdom, whose name is what? Jesus, is responsible for giving you that specific instruction to direct you, go to where? To Kisoro. Are you hearing me? Which village? Hallelujah. There's where you'll find out. For instance, say, there's nowhere where the Bible says you invest in this kind of business. Is it written in the Bible? It's not there. But there's a general scripture that has got to do with investment. But that is not enough. So, God has made Jesus wisdom unto us for the purpose of giving us specific instruction customized to your specific needs. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Am I communicating to you? But before you jump into the customized wisdom of God, you need to be a student of the word, the general wisdom given to the church. I hope I'm making sense to you. Am I making sense to you? Now, many of us, we become prey to wrong voices because we are disobedient to what? To the general word that has come to us. I hope I'm saying something wonderful to your ears now. Are you hearing me? So this wisdom is a person. Now, I came to discover recently, God doesn't make us wise. Say that God doesn't make us wise. No, He doesn't. I used to think God gives us wisdom. He doesn't. He doesn't. He has become the wisdom. Because if God is to give you wisdom, Stephen, that means if God moves away, you can still be wise. <laughs> because He has given to you. So, when your wisdom is God, that means, apart from Him, you can't be wise. For you to be wise, it must be there. The moment He moves away, you become a fool. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Are you hearing? So, apart from Him, we have no wisdom. Oh, Lord, help me. He is our wisdom. He is now the wisdom in our life. Have you understood, you You see, if I give it to you, you can do without me. Because you have it. But if I am the one, when I come into your life, I become that thing. For you to have that thing, you must have me. If I move away, you won't have that thing. Jesus has become your wisdom. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So without him, there is no wisdom. Have I made sense to you? Say, he has become my wisdom. I'm, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help here. Say, he has become my wisdom. I could have explained you all those things right there, but let's look at that aspect. Wisdom. So if Jesus is your wisdom, that means any instruction from Him must make your life a wonder. Why? Because when I read the four gospels, 
how my wisdom behave on the earth. He never made any single mistake. He never failed. Are you hearing me? Read, read. See how Jesus conducted himself. Your wisdom. I hope I'm making sense to anybody here. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Are you following me? Say, Jesus is my wisdom. Say, he is my wisdom. Now, Jesus is both the living word and the written word. Simply the living word. Who is the person and the written word, which is the Bible. Let me repeat myself. Some say the living word and the written word. What is the living word? The person. What is the written, what is the other word? How do you say? The written word. The scriptures. Are you following me? Now, both of these wisdom don't contradict themselves. Why are we talking about wisdom? Because the Lord told us we are going to manifest strange things. By the wisdom of the divine. Let me go slow. Now listen. This kind of wisdom. Let me not talk about the worldly wisdom. This kind of wisdom we are talking about. They don't acquire it from anywhere. Read for me. Let's look at the book of Numbers 27. Look at Numbers 27. Let's start from there. I have uh, three minutes. Numbers 27. Start from verse number 18. Let's read together. And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand. Uh, say, in whom there's a Spirit. So Joshua had what? The Spirit. Joshua had the Spirit. Let's look at something. We really had something on him. Let's go to verse 21. Verse 21. Let's read. He shall stand before Eliezer, the priest, who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of the urine. At his word, they shall go out. At his word, they shall come in. He and all the children of Israel, with him all the... At whose word shall they go out and come in? Joshua's word. Somebody, Joshua's word. Give me the next verse. What does it say? So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua, set him before Eliezer the priest, and before all the congregation. 23. And what did he do? What did he do? And inaugurated him, just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. Give me Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. I want to see something here. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. Let's read together. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hand. Stop there. <laughs> so how did Joshua flow in this wisdom? Somebody say transparency. Have you ever gone to the class and say, teacher, lay hands on me? And they transferred mathematics by laying hands on your head. I'm revealing to you this kind of wisdom is different from the worldly kind of wisdom. Uh, so Joshua walked into wisdom by the laying of hands. Don't know who? 
of Moses. Somebody say divine wisdom. Say, say divine wisdom. Are you getting my point? Now, there are many kinds of wisdom. Give me James chapter 3. The Bible says there are all kinds of wisdom in this world. James says it. There is the demonic wisdom or sensual wisdom. Uh, let's look at that. Go backward. Let's read. But if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your heart, don't boast and lie against the truth. Next. This wisdom. <laughs> go back, go back. I'm trying to deliver you this morning. Say, I say, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me see what this man is saying. Let's read again. Verse 14. If, if you have bitterness, if you have envy, if you are self-seeking in your heart, stop boasting. Now, these guys are bitter. They're envious. They are self-seekers. They are proud people. Are you hearing me? They are liars. But there is something the world is saying about them. Look at verse 15. This wisdom does not descend. The wisdom that permits envy, bitterness, pride. Are you hearing me? All this kind of confusion, that kind of wisdom is not from above. So you can have the money you have made, you can have the house you have built. But for me to know what kind of wisdom operating in your life, I look at what, what is going on. Uh, so this wisdom is producing results, but it is not from God. Because in this wisdom, people are what? There is bitterness, there is envy, they are cutting corners. Are you hearing me? Going before people, behind people's back. Are you hearing me? Are you the one? I say, are you the one doing that? You're quiet. Are you the one doing that? I say, Holy Spirit, help me. <clears throat> this kind of wisdom is not from God. This is what the world operates with. Let me come again. Doctor, the moment I walk into any person, any congregation, or any home, and you find what? Bitterness. What else are you finding there? Self-seek. Any relationship. When you see these things in these people, you know the wisdom of God is absent there. There's another wisdom at work. What kind of wisdom? Give it to me. This wisdom does not descend from above. But it is what? Earthly, sensual, and demonic. Ask your neighbor, are you safe? Absolutely sensual, demonic. This is what is happening in the world. They call them being crafty. Eh? They go behind your back. Are you hearing me? Eh? You, you have just spoken, Bishop, you know. I have a big deal. You get the point? There's something going. And uh, you go behind my back and do things and you take it away from me. Then you make the money. And you come and testify. Uh, hallelujah. Say, neighbor, you are innocent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Let me tell you, I'm saying because if we want to tap into the wisdom of God, we must run away from this kind of lifestyle. Are you hearing me, church? There was a young man, I think in the second Samuel, chapter 13. <laughs> His name is called Jonadab. Jonadab advised Ammon. Ammon was, had a, Absalom had a sister called Tamar. Are you hearing me? It's a very funny story. The Bible says Amnon became so sick because of love. And he fell sick. Say never, don't fall sick. <laughs> Amnon fell sick because of what? He wanted his half-sister, but he couldn't get. Then the Bible says, Badra Amnon had a friend by the name of what? Jonadab. The guy was what? Crafty. Crafty. He said, mm. Let me give you, let me just give you bueno here. Are you hearing me? <laughs> what did Jonadab say? Just tell her to come and cook for you. It was a strategy, but it was coming from the pit of hell. He got what he wanted. <laughs> say, neighbor, what wisdom have you used? To get that car. You can put it here and I sanctify it. Say Holy Spirit help me. <laughs> Are you hearing me church? Do you want to function in God's wisdom? You can't mix the two. You can't mix the two. Holy Spirit help me. Read for me Acts chapter 7. Verse 22. Acts 7, 22. I will pick it up here. I'll pick it up from here next Sunday. About wisdom. You need to be here. Please don't miss it. Because I have just started. Let's read together. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And was mighty in words and deeds. He was mighty in words he was a graduate of which university? Egyptian. And remember, Egypt was the superpower then. Was the superpower then. And Moses was being trained as the next king. So you can imagine what kind of training he went through. First class. First class. The man was mighty in words. If he spoke English, you would think you're in England. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Are you hearing me? It was good. Let's go to the Exodus chapter 4 verse 10. What happened to this man? What happened? Exodus 4.10. Read. One, two, three. Moses said to them, Oh my, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Neither before nor since we have spoken to yourself. I am slow of speech. Oh, 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 oh. But they told me the man was mighty in words and did. Now he's standing before God. Say, Lord, get someone else. I'm not qualified. Before God could use Moses, he emptied him of all the Egypt. Wisdom. Because you cannot work with the two. Because that wisdom was demonic. It was sensual. It was earthly. It could not bring deliverance to the nation of Israel. What wisdom are you talking about? This is great work, what? 
No, it's not brain work. Simply it is spiritual work. Say, this is not brain. This is spiritual. You see, when man fell, man started living by that word. By their head. But the wisdom I'm talking about is not from the brain. It is from where? It's from my spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. I want to give this simple. I already talked to her, so I'm not going to embarrass her. I want to use them as an example. The couple of, oh, yeah, there's a beautiful couple here. There are ministers here, Mr. and Mrs. Kinto. They are here. Somebody say wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. It will seal what I want to share with you for today. I have lots to tell you here, but time can't allow me. But I want you to go home, read Job 28. Go back home, read for me Job 28. Read Job 28. Somebody say wisdom. Somebody say wisdom. Listen. I don't know what was happening. These two, this couple, they were praying. They were praying. And they wanted twins. They wanted twins. Somebody say twins. Say twins. They, they in their own world. Me, I don't know anything. As they were praying and seeking the face of God, the Lord spoke to them and gave them what? Instruction. Is that right? They gave them instruction. The next thing I saw, they were in the office. Now, I'm not saying you come and do like them because God has not said to you those things. That's where the problem begins right now. Are you hearing me? Somebody copy and paste doesn't work in this kingdom. Are you hearing me? Especially when it comes to specific instruction. So they came. They say, Pastor, the Lord told us A, B, C, D. And I, am, I, am, I, I have twins. Praise the Lord. I have twins. Are you jealous? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, they bought some stuff for my boys. And they had a particular seed. They say, the Lord has put it upon our heart to come and sow this seed. Because we want, what? Twins. That's what God told them. I wasn't there. Are you hearing me? So I say, ah, when they pray, I say, God, they are the one who, you talk to them? Are you hearing me? So, Lord, they have obeyed your voice. I present this before you. Your voice. Please, you better do your thing in them. Are you hearing me? How many months now? Four months with me. Somebody say the wisdom of God. That's what I'm talking about. The wisdom of God is the voice of God. The instruction that God gives you. It is, it goes beyond science. It goes beyond logic. Are you hearing me? If you tell what I've just told you to a brainy, say, ah, those things. And this is what people have fallen prey to. Say, neighbor, your problem is you're too clever. Most of you, God gave you instruction. You, you reason God out. You reason. And let me tell you, you don't correct abuse with neglect. I know certain things have been abused in the body of Christ. But we don't have to stop doing the right thing because some people abused it. Tell your neighbor that and say, tell you, we don't have to stop it. Because you, you, your neighbor abused it. Are you hearing me? And this is what is disturbing many believers. So, that testimony I have given to you to tell you that there is a wisdom that defies common sense. Are you hearing me? There is a wisdom that defies what? The law of economics. 
Praise the Lord. So don't limit your life to the law of economics only, Mr. Nicholas. Hmm? Are you getting my point? Because I know you guys studied big stuff here, man. Taxation. What is it? Praise the Lord, you must balance this and that. Is it, is it, is it? In, what is it? Income must be bigger than uh, export, whatever it is. You know, these things. Eh? Hallelujah. But God can say, he, he exports, give more than you import. Ah! How does this thing work in the kingdom? <laughs> For us, they taught us to do what? Keep it within reasonable limits. And God said, blow it up. Hmm? You stay with common results. Stand up on your feet. I've just introduced, because this month, somebody say this month, instruction is coming to me. And I'm going to bust out of this mediocrity. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Somebody say there is a wisdom that God has designed. I will start from there. I will show it in the Bible. For your what? For your next level. It is there. Customized to pick you. Say never. God knew. We can't all, we can all do MBA. You say our brain is designed differently. Say mine is good in Lusoga. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I say Praise the Lord. So God says there is a life beyond Lusoga. There is a life beyond mathematics. There is a life beyond chemistry. That life I put it in your spirit. You can rise to any level as you follow the instruction of God. Now you could be here, you're not born again. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This thing starts from there. The wisdom I'm talking about starts by giving your life to Jesus. It will change your family. It will change your life. So if you're there, you want to give your life to Jesus. Oh, you're there. You're not sure. You're not sure whether you are saved or not. I can tell you you're not. Praise the Lord. I say, praise the Lord. Come, I pray with you. Come, I pray with you. This is how we begin. It's simple. Don't fear anybody. God has a plan for you. That plan begins by salvation. You're welcome, my bro. You're welcome. I was, uh, I was a bit afraid. I thought the choir was coming to get saved. I said, Jesus Christ. All along, there have been unsaved people around here. Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. Anybody else there? Another category of people probably you want. You say, Pastor, I, I want to be part of this great move of God that's about to take off. Praise the Lord. I want to be part of this ministry. You feel you are connected spiritually and you want to be part of this grace. Come here also if you want to join in this simple time, this church. You want to join this ministry? I want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Clap your hands like you mean it. Clap your hands like you mean it. There is room. There is room. There is room. There is room. You're welcome, sir. There is room. There is room. You're welcome. There is room. Praise the Lord. Proud to have you here. Good to see you. A blessing to have you guys here. 
pastor. Those people were jealous, but I am the pastor. I just, I'm so glad you are here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Glad to have you guys here. And, uh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's a blessing. The Bible says, They that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. You have just set up yourself for something great in the house of the Lord. Just say these prayers with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. It has been recorded in your word. Holy Spirit, you know my heart. Here I am before your presence. I give myself to you. And I give myself to your work. Master, I thank you. As I sit under this grace, the anointing, the favor, the blessing that is upon this house will begin to affect my life from today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. You'll do me one favor. Just one favor. Just, just you'll be this. You'll see her for only five minutes. Five minutes only. Sister Tricia is there. Yes, she's right there. Just five minutes. If you can go and see the Holy Spirit, wisdom. Please go on, go on. Just five minutes, Trisha. Make sure it is five minutes. Hallelujah. Look at it and say, neighbor, there is a wisdom God has designed for your glory. For your glory. Have you been blessed? I say, have you been blessed? I can be honest with you. Don't miss next Saturday. Next Sunday. Because I am going to enter in. They say, I'm going to enter in. You're going to hear things you've never heard before. But the things will change the way you work on this earth. What you'll hear are not only words, but there will be a transmission of the Spirit. Some say transmission of the Spirit. Put for me Ezekiel 2.2 as we conclude this meeting. Let me tell you what the Bible says about this word. Ezekiel 2.2. Read it loud and clear. Let's read together. And... That's what's going to happen to you. The Spirit will enter you. Say, the Spirit will enter me. And set my business on its feet. Hallelujah. Say, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the grace to walk in obedience. We receive it, Lord. Every word, every instruction. Help us, Lord, to walk in obedience to your word. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, I bless you with the blessing of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Tell them no man will be able to stand before you. This week, whatever is set against your life, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit has just leveled them. Has just leveled them. Say this week, your eyes will see, your hands will touch that long-awaited miracle. In Jesus' mighty name. Now tell three people they are blessed. They are highly favored. And God is... Three people tell them. Tell them you are blessed. Love you guys. We'll see you. Good morning to you tomorrow morning. Yes. Have a lovely lunch.
Thank you for joining us in prayer. Kindly follow us on our social media platforms. That is Facebook slash forward Pastor Ben Ochola on our Twitter handle at Pastor Ben Ochola on our YouTube YouTube slash forward Pastor Ben Ochola. God richly bless you.